Hello and welcome to the Traffic and Leads Podcast, where the solution to your slow growth is just one click away. Online marketing expert Lindsay Anderson, known internationally as One Click Lindsay, and her dedicated online marketing specialists at trafficandleads.com know that today's growing businesses thrive on targeted website traffic that converts into leads with just one click. Whether your business is struggling right now or your thriving business needs even more fuel for growth, you've come to the right place. So sit back and get ready to learn how to grow your business one click at a time. Please welcome your host of the Traffic and Leads podcast, One Click Lindsay. Hey everybody, welcome to the Traffic and Leads podcast. I am your host, One Click Lindsay, and today I have someone that I'm looking really forward to interview. His name is Will Blunt, and he knows a ton about blogging. This guy knows so much about blogging, he writes 7,000 word blog posts, and I'm sure they're ranking very well in search engines. He knows a ton about it. So let me tell you a little bit more about Will Blunt. He's a blogger, researcher, and entrepreneur. He founded Blogger Sidekick to help marketers to get more traffic, leads, and revenue by taking the guesswork out of blogging. Um, He has also been featured on HubSpot, Marketing Profs, Social Media Today, and Business to Compute business to community as a blogger. So Will knows everything there is to know about blogging and he knows how to generate traffic and leads. So he's definitely on the right podcast. So everybody welcome. William, how you doing today, Will? Hi, Lindsay. I'm really well. Thanks for having me on. Sure. Did I miss anything in the intro that you need to mention so that we know better who you are? Um, I think you, you nailed it there. I guess it's an evolving journey though. So the, the spiel that um, I would give about myself might change here and there, but um, I think I think the nuts of it is in um, Blogger Sidekick essentially helps digital marketing companies uh, grow their business with the power of blogging. Um, and, and the main way we do that is just by taking the stress out of it and, and essentially providing services that um, are an outsourced, outsourced blogging platform. So... So, like, what kind of services? Like, will you write the blog posts for them? Um, I, I don't personally. Sometimes we, we do get copywriters to write blog posts for, for clients. But um, most, most of the time, I encourage clients to, as much as they can, use an internal team of contributors because I think that's the, the knowledge and expertise they're trying to get across and, and, and that builds credibility for their team as well. So, usually, I, don't, I would encourage that. Yeah, definitely. So, can you give me some examples of some services that Blogger Sidekick would provide? Yeah, sure. So, our, our primary service is is known as blog management. Um, so, basically, it's a, um, we just manage the editorial calendar for an online blog and um, help them refine their content so it's higher quality, publish that content consistently, and then actively promote that um, by using social media and other outreach methods. That makes sense. So, um, so they will write. Uh, so, when they go to write a blog post, your clients, do you give them like do, how much is SEO considered in the whole having a client write a blog post? Can you talk about that for a bit? Yeah, um, I think SEO is an interesting one. I mean, I'm a, I'm, I guess I'm a student of SEO still, and I'm still learning a whole lot about it. But for me, it's it's about three things, and and they always need to be in the back of your mind when you're creating content online if you, if you want to um, attract search engine traffic which is and you'd probably know Lindsay it's the most sustainable and consistent traffic you can get I think that the, the three things that I would consider are, are writing long resourceful content so Google considers um, lengthier content in general as higher quality 
if if it's helpful and 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 ticks a whole lot of other boxes as well. So long and and extremely helpful content is one part of that. Another part is is trying to attract backlinks from um, from reputable websites in your industry or in your niche. And that I won't. That's a can of worms, so I won't get into that too much. But attracting backlinks is a lot easier if you have these long, resourceful pieces of content that are, are better than anything else on a topic and definitive in nature. So that actually. By creating the, the, the longer content, it's not only considered a quality factor, but it also helps you with the, the second most important component, which is the, the backlinks from other websites. And the third component, there's, I literally only think about SEO in three ways. It's creating long, helpful content, thinking about how you could get backlinks from other websites. And the third part is user experience. So when someone comes to your website, how do they experience your website? Is it easy to navigate? Is it visually appealing? Is the speed quick to load? And there's, there's obviously a number of other factors that play a part in that. But I've found that those three buckets are the simplest way to explain SEO to someone. Yeah, I mean, and it really comes down to what Google o- always is telling us, which is if your users are drawn to your content, then Google is going to rank it pretty well. Like Google's getting pretty good at that. So your three points are if you keep all of that in mind, in theory, you should rise to the top. And that's what you're saying. Yeah, in theory, um, obviously, there's a number of factors that play a part and depending on how competitive um, your industry is for, for getting ranked in Google and everything like that. But I think fundamentally, if you're, if you're a business or if you're trying to attract an audience online, if you can, if you can come from the mindset of being helpful and, and thinking, always thinking about that audience, how do they find information, how will they, what are they looking to, to learn and understand, um, and if you, if you can create content which is talking to that audience and helping them overcome problems, then that mindset will probably help you in the long term in t- attracting, attracting the right audience, whether it's from search engines or, or other platforms. That makes sense. So when you have a client in the, and you're trying to direct them on how to blog, so I have a lot of clients that kind of blog from their heart, like things that they're interested in or things you know that's swirling around in their mind. When you go to your clients, do you try to direct them a bit? Like perhaps you know that you're going to be able to get some valuable backlinks if they were to blog about XYZ. Do you go into it that way or do you just kind of let them blog about whatever? Like what do you recommend to clients? Yeah, it's interesting. I think your point about, um, you know, blogging about inspiration from within and and making it personalized, I think is a, is a very important part of it as well. Because a, l- a lot of businesses or bloggers might get distracted by, you know, creating a link bait post or something that's going to create a bit of buzz on social media or something. And they might forget about, you know, creating that human connection, which is really what we're trying to, to strive to do with customers. So I think for a blog to be successful, essentially, it just needs to be very purposeful. And what I mean by that is, it needs to understand what it's its role is in the business. If you're just a hobby blogger, what, what are you trying to get out of it? And, and getting really clear about what that is. But if you're a, a you know a corporation or a business which is using it to attract leads, what exactly? How do you attract leads? And and how does the blog play a part in doing that? If you if you get really clear on on the role of the blog and what purpose it it fulfills. I think you can go about deliberately pursuing that purpose a little bit more, um, obviously, and, and, and 
probably get better results. Is that Does that answer your question? It or? does. It does. Yeah, that was a really good answer. So how often do you recommend that a small business blogs every week? <laughs> that's, I yeah, know. That's I know. You knew you were going to get asked that. <laughs> Um, I, I get asked that question a lot, actually. Um, I mean, I'd be interested to hear your take on it as well, Lindsay, because you've got a lot of experience in the in the digital marketing space. But it really depends on the audience and your content strategy. So basically, there's there's two ways of thinking. There's the the way of thinking which is I need to publish regular, consistent content to my blog. Um, you know three times a week or once a week or whatever it is and that needs to keep going out all the time. The other way of thinking is um, and, and this is something which um, I'm not sure if you know Brian Dean from from Backlinko. I do. He's, he's created a real, um, I guess he's taken a different approach to it and there's a lot more people doing this and this is the, the way that I think about blogging and, and content. Instead of creating worrying so much about consistency and regularity, you create longer, more helpful pieces of content um, which are definitive in nature on a certain topic and then you spend more time actively promoting that content and getting people to see it. Mm -hmm. So I don't think either way is right or wrong. I think it really does depend on your audience. Some audiences will crave you know, regular content um, in short form and, and those, those snippets of, of interesting stuff that a lot of people distribute regularly, say a couple of times a week or once a week. And then other people will, you know, crave those longer pieces of content which will help them actually overcome a really big challenge on one page rather than having to find multiple and multiple posts. But I'm sure that's not really answered your question. But <laughs> No, no, it totally does because I mean it goes back to which is why I laughed when I even asked you, because every customer asked that, but it really I mean, always in this internet marketing field, it just always depends, right? So I think it was a great answer to the question. But let's talk about, you mentioned long form blog posts, which sounds really painful to a lot of people. So you have written <laughs> seven to 9,000 word blog posts, right? So I want to know, first of all, how you do that. And second of all, why, what's the benefit of publishing that on one page versus like, Step one or blog post one of the series. Tell me about your thoughts on that. Okay, that's yeah, that's interesting. So I think um, I learned quite a lot. Like earlier on with Blogger Sidekick, I was publishing some really long stuff, like you mentioned, seven thousand words and and up. And and what I found is that I could get similar results with something which is between two and three thousand words. Um, so what a relief! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> slightly. So basically, most of my posts are in the ballpark of two to 3,000 words now. And that, to be honest, that's a, also a bit of a function of my, my knack to get consumed in a topic and write probably too much about it. But it also is quite deliberate in the way I do it because it allows me to write less and promote more and all that kind of stuff. But in terms of why you would write long, long blog posts, apart from the fact that so the way that the Google search algorithm works is they look at things like time on, on site, which is how long someone basically spends on one page specifically or, or on multiple pages on your site. They also look at you know other quality factors like links from other websites and social media shares and general engagement with a piece of content. So by having a blog post which has varied types of media 
text, visuals, video, all sorts of things. Um, and it's very long. It has a way of keeping people on that page for longer. People are on a page for longer and they scroll down to the bottom. They're more likely to share it. They're more likely to link back to it. And therefore, all of those things start to work together that over time, you will most likely rank better for that keyword. But also, because of all the sharing and linking, a lot more people have seen your content. And then if you can optimize your website to you know, get an email address or or send them to a sales page or whatever you're trying to do, then then obviously you're you're achieving your goals you're looking to from blogging. Rather than, you know, a short blog post which people might click on and see but then quickly leave the page. It doesn't give you as much value. Um, as the longer stuff. It's true. Very true. So when you when you wrote those really long articles, did you set out to be like, I'm going to write the longest post in the whole world? Or did it just, you just kind of kept going and going and going <laughs> and going? <laughs> no, it certainly wasn't. I, I try not to get caught in, you know, you need to write this many words. I think the, the, the rationale I used was I started with my audience and said, okay, so what information are they going to be looking for? What, what information do they, what pains do they have? Um, what challenges do they want to overcome? And that is the the backbone of, I guess, the content strategy over a period of time. And then for each of those individual pains or um, I would take that topic and then I would do some keyword research and some other research on, I, I really like a tool called BuzzSumo. Uh-huh. So BuzzSumo is basically a search engine which ranks things based on how many social media shares they've they've got before. So ranks, ranks pieces of content based on that. Mm-hmm. And so I'll use tools like that as well as Google to to search these topics that I've found, these pain points which my potential customers have and find the best content which is already and find kind of what the proven formula has been in the past. So what what has made people share that content before? What specifically are the, the, the topics people are talking about when it comes to that pain point? And then what you're doing there is you kind of, it's kind of a, you're testing your idea. You're testing whether your idea has actually been popular in the past um, and exactly what about it has been popular. And you're primarily using BuzzSumo for that info. And then from that stage, I go about writing. So I, with all of those inputs, the best content from other people and you know what's been popular in the past, I just go about writing something which is better than the other content. So, well, in, in my eyes. So I try to create something which is better than everything else which is out there. Um, and that way, if, if anyone, it, it allows me to reach out to all of the people which have shared it in the past, uh, those, that other content in the past. And it also allows, allows you know, gives, gives me a better a chance to rank above that other content in search engines. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. Um, and that's an excellent way of going about it. So how would, so is that what you'd recommend to some small business that, isn't that doesn't hire anybody, but they're just ready to get ready to blog that they go and they invest some time and money into BuzzSumo and maybe Google keyword tool or like, what would you recommend for a small business that doesn't hire you when they're ready to write a blog post? Can you give me the steps? (laughs) Yeah, sure. Um, (laughs) Like exactly? (laughs) Exact steps. Sure. Um, I I think you need to come up with a content strategy first. I think that's, that's fundamentally where I would start. So I would I would think about who your customer is if you're a small business owner, and then I would I would think about how you could reach that customer. So whether it's through search engine, social media, or whatever it is, and I would come up with a strategy for say three months to start, um, and think about how long you want to, how many times you want to post in that three month period. It may be once per week, 
maybe less than that, depending on your capacity and, and the time you have available. Okay. And just as I said before, list out the, sorry. Oh, just go ahead. Sorry. I was just listening. Okay. Um, list out the pain points of those customers that, that you have um, and then do some search. You, you don't have to use buzz. If you're just starting out, you know, even just looking in a Google search or searching on social media, for example, you could use the advanced search on on Twitter or something to see what people are talking about when it comes to a topic. Um, and then once you've, if you get deep into one topic, you'll probably come up with a whole bunch of blog post ideas about that topic. And then I would just, I would just write them um, in the best way that you can for yourself. I think that's a good way to start. Um, I like that. Without thinking. I don't. I don't. I mean, the things I spoke about are, are quite a an intensive and complex way to to approach blogging because it really it tr- to to do it well and to do it in the in depth way that I'm talking about it really needs to be a core part of your your lead generation strategy. Mm-hmm. And if it's not a core part of your lead generation strategy, if it's if it if it serves a different purpose, then going to such in depth is probably not a good use of your time. That's that's a fair answer. So let's talk about lead generation strategy. So for those that are blogging to generate leads, what so obviously that comes down to some sort of email capture or giveaway or something. Can you talk about your favorite um, irresistible offers or the best way to get those email addresses from the people who are reading your blog? Yeah, and my, my favorite way of, I, I mean, there's, a couple of ways to look at list building, I think, um, or you know, trying to capture more email addresses on your website. Um, it's important to have your website optimized, obviously, to to you know, look nice and and different people use pop ups and things like that, and I, I do use those on my site as well. But my my favorite um, strategy to grow my list, and it's been hands down the most effective. I mean, I'm talking about a, a normal opt in might have you know five to six percent. Um, opt-in rate, whereas the strategy I'm about to talk about has got upward of 50% opt-in rate. Wow! And it it's called it's called content upgrades. Um, not sure if you've you've heard about it before, but I have. But tell us all about it. Um, so it it kind of links into the the definitive long piece of content as well. It kind of all ties in together. So when you create that piece of content, um, what you do is you're literally upgrading that content into something else which is valuable for your audience. So it may be, you know, a complimentary spreadsheet or a cheat a cheat sheet or a checklist or, you know, the a swipe file of something um, that they can take away and they can actively use based on the advice they got from the content piece itself. And what you do is within that content piece you you offer an in-text button or an in-text um, link of some description, which then Gets that gets a pop up onto their screen, or takes them to another page if you don't have the pop up technology, and then gets their email address and gives them that download in exchange for their email address. So what you're doing is you're taking a, a very similar topic to what you've just written about, and you're, you're basically you're adding to the experience of reading the blog post by giving them something else they can take away and implement your advice. So what most people will actually do is create you know a generic ebook or a couple of generic opt-ins for their website and they'll just put that on the bottom of every blog post and and you know you'll get some you get some people opting in but it's much more compelling to have something which is tailored and very specific to every piece of content 
because you can guarantee that someone that is reading and has has read a whole post on topic X is going to be interested in topic X. You can't guarantee that they will be interested in whatever ebook you, you you've got on your website. Right, because you can't judge what interests the people like enough to like put in just one ebook on your website. So that makes perfect sense. So how much time and effort do you put into these content upgrades? Like is it does it have to be a big deal or is it time consuming? Um, I don't think it can be time consuming if you it, it depending on how much effort you want to put into it. I think, but you can really simplify it. So what what I've got is I've got I've got a series of PowerPoint templates. For example, um, one of them's a process, one of them's a checklist, one of them's a cheat sheet. Um, and whenever I create a post, say for example, it's a you know a list post which has twenty the twenty things on 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 a topic. You could easily turn that into a checklist, and then you grab your template from PowerPoint, and it's already pre-populated with the structure. And then you just kind of drop in the new content from the blog post and, you know, tweak it a little bit. But if you have a system like that where you do it, then it can literally take you under half an hour to, to create the, the upgrade. Right. So do you have those templates? Is it opt-in on your website somewhere? Um, I, I can actually, I, I do, but it's a little bit complicated to explain. So if this, I'm, I'm not sure when this podcast is going live, I could create a page for your, for your listeners if you'd like. That would be awesome. That is a special request. Special request. So if possible, um, why don't we make cool. it? Cool. Yeah. Special request from me. Loggersidekick.com slash one click. Love it. That's really, really cool. So after, so I only have a few minutes of your super valuable time, but after, so I get the content upgrade and I opt in. Now tell me what happens. Do you just automatically add me to your weekly mailing? Do you have a weekly mailing? What is your general thoughts on email nurturing? What happens next? I mean, you're, I'm making you tell me all your secrets today. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, I'm not. I'm not precious about my secrets. I'm just trying to think of the the best advice to give based on my experience because I've I've tried so much stuff with email marketing and and it's constantly changing for me. But there's there's a lot of I've failed with and there's a lot I've done well. So it's interesting to try and find the you know the best things to to help people that are just starting out. I guess I think at the bare minimum you need to have some sort of automation. I mean everything from Mailchimp all the way up to the more um, services will give you the um, the chance to create an automated sequence of emails. So for example, with the content upgrade, if someone opted in to that that lead magnet, they should be going on a journey after that, which which educates your business or educates them in another way about the topic they've they've stopped. So I actually use a stiff campaign for mine. I know a lot of marketers use Infusionsoft and, and other softwares, but basically the way I've got it set up is Depending on which opt-in they they um, they choose on the website. So if it was you know something about writing better content or something about you know coming up with a blog strategy or there's a number of other other opt-ins on my website, they'll go into a certain part of my automated email sequence based on that topic, and then they'll be sent on a, a sequence of you know somewhere between five and ten emails, which educates them further on that topic because uh, they've already basically by opting in they've told me that they're interested in that topic and then I'm, they'll further get educated about that and solve more of their problems through that through that journey but also what it's doing is building trust and getting them to understand who we are as a business and then towards the end of that sequence based on their activity in the in the automation campaign so based on their clicks and their opens and all that things they'll be guided on a, a personalized journey which will 
eventually, hopefully, <laughs> um, send them into either a sale or into a consultation call, which will turn them into a sale eventually if, if all goes to plan. That makes sense. So, um, but you're not saying that for every content upgrade, you're going in and creating a set of five nurturing emails. You're just saying like you have some generic topics of email nurturing that you'll kind of fit every content upgrade into, right? Yeah, sorry. That's um, yeah, that's a very good point. So if, if, if I was creating a content upgrade for every post, it would be a little bit too much to have an email sequence for all of them. I think what I do is I bucket them based on, actually bucket them based on our our offerings, our service offerings. So, mm. um, and then within those service offer, offerings, there'll be a certain email sequence and based on their download, they'll get pushed into that sequence. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. So I literally only have one minute left with you, but I need you to tell us any special tools that you use to promote blog posts, any, any website or tools that we need to be aware of your very favorite, very favorite. So my three, three favorites are co-schedule which is an editorial calendar and social media promotion um, plug-in for WordPress and uh, Buzzsumo, which I mentioned before, for researching um, what's the most popular content on a topic and Meet Edgar, which is another social media sharing platform but allows you to share content into the future on autopilot. Awesome. Yeah, Meet Edgar is pretty awesome. Um, mm. Perfect. Well, finally... Will, can you tell everybody how to find you and how to get more and how to opt in to all your cool stuff? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you can check the specific opt-in for, for this podcast is bloggersidekick.com slash one click, O-N-E-C-L-I-C-K. And then otherwise, you can connect with me on LinkedIn. My name is Will Blunt on LinkedIn or on Twitter at WillBluntAU or at blogger sidekick. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Will, for being on the show. And thanks everybody for listening to this episode of the Traffic and Leads podcast. Until next time, this is One Click Lindsay. You've been listening to the Traffic and Leads podcast featuring online marketing expert One Click Lindsay. Tune in each week to experience Lindsay's unique gift for helping entrepreneurs and small business owners accelerate the growth of their business by strategically getting them more traffic and powerful leads. To make sure you don't miss a single business building show, subscribe to this podcast at iTunes and OneClickLindsay.com. If you know someone who would benefit from more traffic and leads, please tell them about the Traffic and Leads podcast. And finally, to learn more about working with Lindsay and her dedicated team of marketing experts, please visit OneClickLindsay.com. Now go and implement what you've learned. And we'll see you next week for another episode of the Traffic and Leads podcast. And remember, the solution to your slow growth is just one click away.